the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Here she is, Andrea Kay. I said, are you going to be my girl? <laughs> hump day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is hump day. Glad to have you guys here with me tonight on the Andrea Kay Show. We are rolling over the hump into the weekend on this Wednesday night hump day edition. And guess who else is rolling on, babies? It launched today. Uh, I think there's a couple different names for it. The Patriot Convoy launched today out here in California, making its way all the way across the country to Washington, D.C. Reports are there are 1,100 trucks, uh, big rigs, uh, I, I assume, on their way to D.C., a uh, question for you guys. Are you disappointed in the number? Did the Canadian trucker movement suck all the wind out of the trucker convoy or people? You know, we, we have the attention span of an at these days, right? We tend to, to, you know, and so many American people got so caught up in the Canadian convoy and trucker that it's almost as though people felt like it actually was an American freedom movement. So my question for you guys tonight, 888-344-1170, what are your thoughts on this trucker convoy. We're going to be talking about that as well as uh, tanks rolling into Ukraine from Russia and uh, why we're being told we're supposed to hate Putin, why we're supposed to be on board with this. A lot of speculation as to what's really going on behind the scenes. Of course, um, if it was a Republican president, we would have already had leaks and everybody would be know what people are talking about when they're in the, you know, um, the all gender John, right? Because that's the way it rolls when we have a Republican president out there. Dire economic conditions might be on the way. I got to tell it to y'all straight, right? And Dave Elhoff always gives it to you straight, the financial thought doctor. Uh, shocking uh, expectations as to what this is going to do to our cost. Now, of course, Joe Biden says, look, defending freedom costs y'all money. Just like the same attitude that paying taxes makes you patriotic, right? They don't care how much they hurt you to achieve their end. We're also going to have Brian Maloney here with us because there's interesting as we go into the midterms, which has a lot to do with what's going on with this Russia story. There's a lot of divide going on. Democrats are absolutely panicked about what's going to happen going into the midterms. Right now, tonight, we're not also rolling into the weekend, but we're rolling into CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference, I think is what the acronym is for. It took off in Orlando, but there's actually other for the first time, I think that I can remember, there's actually other conservative get-togethers happening this weekend, and one that actually, <laughs> one quote counter-programming Republican event featuring Colonel, your favorite Colonel Chow Thief, Andrew Venman. All right, before I go on uh, any further, I got to bring in my brother. It's DJ Potato Skins. It will include and across the board. DJ Potato Skins. DJ Potato Skins. And to answer your, your question about the truckers, now, you know what? 1,100 may be uh, a, a bit shy of what happened up north, but uh, you know what? It's 1,100 more uh, 
people that want freedom on the march. So I'm all for it. Well, I'm actually absolutely all for it. I, I think it was bad strategy or not the best strategy to announce in advance you're going to shut down a beltway. Um, you know, that pr- presents problems for people that are actually supporting the movement. And um, it's also becomes a safety hazard. And also you never t- you never tip off that, you know, you never no, tip off. To, yeah, you just do it. You know, you just you just go and implement your plans. Right. So um, what we do know um, uh, is that uh, the Biden administration has has announced that they're going to call up upwards of 800 National Guardsmen to protect the Capitol. They're already erecting fencing. They've been in conversations with the Pentagon about, obviously, using the military to defend us. And on, I, I do Newsmax every Wednesday morning, and I was asked about it. And I said, look, I don't have a problem, given what happened in January 6th. We know there's going to be infiltrators in, into this caravan, and they are going to do everything that they can probably by the FBI, like on January 6th. Ray Epps is probably in a big rig right now heading to D.C., right, with his with his MAGA hat on. Uh, breaker, breaker, one nine, we got to get these MAGA people, you know, to go and, you know, drive the big rig, you know, through, you know, the, the white, onto the White House lawn kind of thing. It should be expected. Right. So I don't necessarily have a problem with the, uh, with the federal government. When uh, in anticipation of this big movement, in anticipation of Joe Biden giving his his um, State of the Union address on March 1st to protecting the Capitol. I have a problem when it when they're going to upwards of a thousand National Guard and the military to defend the Capitol. Meanwhile, we've got an open border at the southern border where we've got children being, you know, brought in by human and, and sex traffickers, women being, you know, raped all along the way. We've got fentanyl by the boatload, by the ton, enough to kill millions and millions of Americans coming across. We've got Islamic terrorists coming across and even just millions of other illegal aliens coming in this country uh, to take advantage of us economically. And we can't afford that. And they're being met not with force. They're being met with a, with a welcome packet and airline tickets to fly around the country, even if it includes those airline tickets basically being um, what was it that we heard about that they were able to use deportation papers, not even IDs to get on airplanes around this country. It's absolutely insane. And it's it's um, it's not lost and shouldn't be lost on any Andrea Keisha listeners that treating Americans that are going to peacefully protest as domestic terrorists and yet ch- treating illegal aliens and criminals as though they're heroes and giving them an honor's welcome is the name of the game of the Democrat Party. Right. New polling numbers has come out that the majority of Americans think that what Trudeau did in his reaction to the truckers up there and the. Whatever picurism, totalitarianism, authoritarianism, Marxism, communism. I mean, it's all it's all just the answer is flavors. yes. It's all different flavors of the of the same, you know, tyranny. Uh, the majority of Americans had a problem with it. Um, guess what? Guess what group had 65 percent of this group thought that what Trudeau did was acceptable and good Democrats. As we go into 2022, one of the things I was going to talk to Brian Maloney about is from a strategy standpoint is that, you know, it, it, the, the communism ideology in the Democrat Party is not fringe. There's nothing moderate going on there. And we need to be there should be more than 1100 trucks going there. And there should be rallies and, and caravans and protests happening all across this country. You're talking I, about Republican strategy. What the Republicans running need to do is call out their opponents for what they are. Call them out as communists. Right. I got to talk about Russia real quick before we get into the break. And then we're going to continue our discussion about the Republican Party with Brian Maloney. I was saying 
weeks and weeks ago before it even got hot over at Russian Ukraine. Tucker Carlson had one thing he said on his show. And I was like, wait a second. Why is he being criticized by people? Because. Um, this was a few weeks ago, very early on. And, and, and I was one of the first people that was like, well, why are we, why are we, why is anybody even talking about Ukraine border? This was before anything got hot. And Tucker said something about it. And it was immediately, um, you know, you know, he's, he's, he's not hating Putin. He's, he's not coming. How dare he? You weren't allowed to question. It was very early on. And I could see that it was brewing, and I talked about it on the show. I was concerned why why nobody – one person was speaking out in the media, and he dared to question why we would automatically choose the side of Ukraine – over Russia from an objective analytical standpoint, you weren't even allowed to question it. As time has gone on, and I even talked about it on last night's show, I, I, I've been asking questions from the beginning as things got closer. I, on the 100th, um, his uh, first press conference in 100 days, he was literally encouraging Russia to go into Ukraine for no apparent reason. A lot of questions that remain unanswered. One of the things I asked about is if Russian Putin is so bad, why are we making them money by cutting off our oil production, by cutting, shutting down the Keystone pipeline, by stopping drilling uh, happening across this country that what that and then opening up a pipeline for Russia? Why did why did he do that so early on? And you're not allowed to question this. This is what I said last night. Pro 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 U.S. Um, military use or military force or however you want to describe it at this point, if you're not fully 100% behind Biden on this, you're anti-American. This is the new mask going on. We must be asking questions. And anytime you're not allowed to ask questions, then that should answer your question right there, that this is not a legitimate agenda item this that, that this is about something other than what they're telling you it's about right whether it's about the mask or shots anytime you're not allowed to ask questions it's because you're asking the right questions tucker carlson um did a great great and you know that i am very anti-fox news i've even criticized tucker carlson for staying on on there but his monologue that he did on russia and ukraine last night shows why they early on, they monitor his show and why the second he spoke anything that was not damning against Putin, hysterical, Putin must go, we need to hire assassins to go and take him out. They were all over him because they are trying to create a mass formation psychosis around our minds involving Russia, just like they did about the masks and COVID and everything else. I want to play this. It's long, but I need you to hear what Tucker said last night. Welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. Since the day that Donald Trump became president, Democrats in Washington have told you you have a patriotic duty to hate Vladimir Putin. It's not a suggestion, it's a mandate. Anything less than hatred for Putin is treason. Many Americans have obeyed this directive. They now dutifully hate Vladimir Putin. Maybe you're one of them. Hating Putin has become the central purpose of America's foreign policy. It's the main thing that we talk about. Entire cable channels are now devoted to it. Very soon, that hatred of Vladimir Putin could bring the United States into a conflict in Eastern Europe. Before that happens, it might be worth asking yourself, since it is getting pretty serious, what is this really about? Why do I hate Putin so much? Has Putin ever called me a racist? Has he threatened to get me fired for disagreeing with him? Has he shipped every middle-class job in my town to Russia? Did he manufacture a worldwide pandemic that wrecked my business and kept me indoors for two years? Is he teaching my children to embrace racial discrimination? Is he making fentanyl? Is he trying to snuff out Christianity? Does he eat dogs? 
These are fair questions, and the answer to all of them is no. Vladimir Putin didn't do any of that. So why does permanent Washington hate him so much? If you've been watching the news, you know that Putin is having a border dispute with a nation called Ukraine. Now, the main thing to know about Ukraine, for our purposes, is that its leaders once sent millions of dollars to Joe Biden's family. Not surprisingly, Ukraine is now one of Biden's favorite countries. Biden has pledged to defend Ukraine's borders even as he opens our borders to the world. That's how it works. Invading America is called equity. Invading Ukraine is a war crime. So with every day, we move closer to some kind of conflict with Russia, conflict that could easily spin out of control, given that the people running this have no fine motor skills. The administration assures us this has nothing at all to do with repaying Joe Biden's personal debts to Ukrainian oligarchs. Not at all. It's completely and totally unrelated. The point here is to defend democracy. Not that Ukraine is a democracy. It is not a democracy. Ukraine's president has arrested his main political opponent. He has shut down newspapers and television stations that have dared to criticize him. So in American terms, you would call Ukraine a tyranny. But Joe Biden likes Ukraine, so Putin bad war good. Mm -hmm. How will this conflict affect you? It will affect you quite a bit, actually. Energy prices in the United States are about to go way up. And that means that everything you buy will become much more expensive, from the food you eat to the car you drive. Oh, okay. So, okay. I was so engrossed in listening and in, in listening to Tucker that I didn't even realize the clip had ended. Um, I, I, because it's astounding. You know, he has described his show as basically a writing job. And I thought that was the most brilliant thing that I've heard, the most brilliant analysis and weaving in some facts that are undeniable in terms of the connection that we're not supposed to be connecting dots between the Biden corruption and what went on in Ukraine. I'm going to take a break. We come back. I'm going to bring in Brian Maloney and uh, y'all ponder what he's saying there. And, and, and not we need to stop being conservatives who are Pavlov's dogs taking the bait to buy in to far-left propaganda. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter and Instagram at Andrea K Show, spelled K-A-Y-E. And connect with her on OurFreeNation.org. News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Got to move on from Russia. I could spend the whole hour on that. I will touch on it a little bit with the... Uh, Financial thought doctor Dave Elhoff a little bit later in the show because he's a former backseater, spent time in the military. And so, you know, I always pick his brain on other topics besides just the economy. It's one of the reasons why he's so great. Just like uh, Brian Maloney from Red Wave America, my um, spicy, delicious, yummy comfort food friend, because he can talk on any topic. But I especially want to talk to him tonight about which party has a greater divide going on as we roll into the midterms and whether or not we should be given the divide in the Republican Party, whether or not it's time to to be uh, just assuming that we're just going to, you know, go scorched earth and win everything in the midterms. And he joins me now. Hello, Brian Maloney from Red Wave America, my dear. I love your intros. I love them. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, there was reports that the Democrats are in panic mode, right? After, I mean, lose ha- having three school board members ousted in Uber left San Francisco with 70% of the vote. Um, they're just, they're, they got killed in 2020 in rural America. Um, they've got, you know, um, people like James Carville out of, out of Louisiana who's saying, y'all got to stop talking about this January 6th stuff. You got to stop. Stop talking about defunding the police, focus on inflation. But at the same time, the Republican Party, we got CPAC coming up 
People are arriving today, uh, MatchLap, the CPAC group down in Florida. But, in, but you know, there's a offshoot where you got Liz Cheney, Adam Kissinger. They've invited Vinmen and others to do their counter-programming to CPAC. I mean, uh, you know, where, how do you see the Republican Party today? Well, and the, and the problem is the Republican, the GOP leadership, they're with that second camp. You know, and the, the counter-programming group, those are their allies. And the problem with that is that those people do not have a constituency. They don't have a support base. These people do not really have a lot of followers except for the Beltway elites, the media elites who love all this because it helps Democrats get elected. So these people, but they run the GOP. I mean, I don't think Republicans in Washington really want to win elections this year. They love being the minority party because there's no responsibility involved. You can just point fingers at the Democrats. You still get your paycheck. You know, you still get your lobbyist money, maybe a little bit less, but you still get enough. Uh, they don't really like being in power. So that's the fundamental problem that we have. Um, and and then at worse than that, I think, is that Mitch McConnell is still in his position. To me, that has to be our number one focus is getting Mitch McConnell out of Washington. And I mean, not just out of leadership, but I mean, out of the U.S. Senate entirely. I realize he's got quite a bit of this term left. Um, But I mean, we need a trucker convoy to scoop up Mitch because he is killing us. He really is. Yeah, yeah, he is. And um, the, speaking of the trucker convoy, I, I can't remember if it was Cernovich. It was somebody on that level last week. And uh, he had an article out, I think it was on AM Greatness, in which he talked about what we should be, what, what the takeaway should be from the trucker convoy in Canada and these parents that have gone to these school board meetings uh, that resulted in a change of um, leadership in Virginia is that activism is really where we should be putting, putting our time and our money not these what he called hot air events. And I don't mean to run down CPAC. I normally go to CPAC every year. It's a great time. But you and I were talking about that event in Arizona over Christmas holidays uh, run by somebody who's got a show here in Salem, so I'm not going to badmouth them. But it doesn't move the dial anywhere for conservatism. And I find out that in Florida, where CPAC is being held, Ron DeSantis was not given the keynote speaker address for for the event, he's given garbage time in the middle of the day tomorrow when half the people won't even be in attendance yet. And it makes me think yeah. that this what's supposed to be the conservative wing isn't really a whole lot different than the uh, Vindman wing. They've 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 actually given the Reagan dinner. Who's I think the keynote speaker for that is going to be Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Democrat. Yeah, yeah. So uh, when you're talking about CPAC, it's Tulsi Gabbard. Right? You're not even talking about the the, the rhino. Yeah. You never trumper people. You're talking about CPAC, which is supposed to be the conservative group. No, and we've been saying this. You know, I always went to CPAC every year. This will be the second year in a row that I have not gone, and it feels weird. Yeah. But at the same time, why am I going to spend money and time and energy going there for that? Um, not only that, but, you know, when you're talking about the thing in Arizona previously, you know, the other convention or whatever. Pyrotechnics. And yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, it was balloons and it was confetti and it was laser light show. And, you know, and then the next day it's it's, it's forgotten. I mean, it didn't do anything. These things, I'm sure people who attended left feeling good, but there's nothing that comes of it. There's no follow through. 
It's just to make you feel good. You spend a bunch of money and then you're on your way. And then everything just continues as it has with the wrong people in charge. But this is exactly what we're talking about with CPEC. So you're going to spend money flying there, staying in hotels, and, and the huge uh, it, you know, ticket prices to, to participate in this thing for the few days or whatever. And then you're going to see that. You're going to see people who are the main speakers, who are not conservatives, who are not advancing our agenda in any way, uh, you know, who are the ones being promoted. And then you see every year the people who are real conservative activists, and they are treated like nobodies. Right. Uh, you know, every, how many years do you go and put up with that before you feel like, why am I funding this? And by the way, the schlaps pay themselves a huge salary. If you ever look at their 990 forms, which are available online, you could see uh, that the ACU, American Conservative Union, which is basically almost all their income for the year, uh, comes from CPAC events. They, um, they do almost nothing else these days. Well, than well, yeah, I mean, she does she does uh, some filling guest hosting for Newsmax and doesn't do it particularly well, in my opinion. Um, but, you know, look, look, at, you know, for in media, when I go and I'm on Radio Row and I don't have to buy a ticket in because I get the media creds, it's super fun. It's it's gotten to the point to where it feels right. almost like Hollywood with their Academy Awards, where it's just clickish for people in the media to go and have fun and to network and go to the parties and have cocktails and all hang out together. It doesn't it, it's not it doesn't advance anything for anybody else and you know and the, and the point of that article and the reason why I want to talk about it tonight is when we see success happening at the local level through grassroots activism we have to be asking ourselves where whether or not we should be putting our time and our money to go to these events or put our time and our money to be supporting these truckers to be going to these school board meetings you've talked about exactly. it on my show before in San Diego County we have over 200 seats 200 and, and I'm not talking low level little just water district stuff although those are important I'm talking to San Diego County is large, but I'm talking multiple school board seats, multiple city councils, county supervisors, state assemblies. And nobody's focusing on that, running those offices, funding those offices, supporting those candidates. No, we're going to these events because they're fun. And that's where we're putting our time and our attention and and lining the the pockets of the event organizers. We need to be focused on uh, on the on the ground. Well, that's exactly right. And, you know, I. I don't know what stands out in your mind about all the things Rush Limbaugh used to say every day, but one of my favorites was the day after the, you know, disastrous 2008 election when Obama was elected. And he said, conservatism didn't lose last night. It wasn't even on the ballot. Uh, And I have always referred to that uh, in the years since, because more often than not, what you see is, we don't even have people running. I mean, Democrats run unopposed. Mm-hmm. Um, this is why they win a lot of these races, because Republicans decided, oh, well, we're only going to run people where we really have a chance of winning. We're not going to bother anywhere else. Well, that is not actually a good approach. That has actually failed us over the years. So we've got to have, as you said, school board races. There's nothing more important than serving on a school board right now in a million years uh, you know, I can't think of anything more important than 
being on a school board right now. Can you, you know? Right, exactly. And, you don't and, have to become state senator, become right. a city council member, a county supervisor, whatever. Right. And and I asked, uh, at, I was at a Republican women's group recently, and I asked some people in, in uh, the upper, you know, rankings of the Republican Party, how do I explain to people why they should still run, even if they feel like it's late, even if they feel like they're behind and they don't have a chance of winning? And she said, look, she said, first of all, sometimes you, you have to run a couple of times to get your name out there. Um, second right. of all, if they if a Democrat runs unop- unopposed, the money that they've collected for their campaign, they're just going to give it to somebody where it might be exactly. a race where exactly. they where the Republicans got a chance to win and then the Republicans not. But then that also, if they run unopposed, the longer that goes on, then that just becomes a permanently entrenched Democrat seat. And that's partly yeah. how we've ended up with California being considered a permanent Democrat state. But it's really not. I learned at this Republican meeting that the that the turnout for the recall, the lack of Republicans going out and vote is why Gavin Newsom is still in office. We cannot blame it on the ballot harvesting. We cannot blame it on the mail-in ballots. It was because Republican voters didn't turn out. And some of it is because they do feel like it's a lost cause. Well, part of it, part of that feeling is because... They see Democrats keep getting elected and elected. Well, you know what? Understand, figure out, learn how to run for office, encourage others how to run for office, go and volunteer for somebody who's running for office, help help fund a race for somebody who's running for office. Most of the people, if they bother to show up and vote, it's only for the for the presidential race or Congress. They don't even know who's on their own, you know, uh, uh, board of supervisors. No, and you'll never have an easier year to run as a conservative, as a Republican, as this year. You will never. I mean, this is if you're going to do it, do it this year. Get yourself on the ballot um, and, you know, worry about the rest of it later. Just get yourself on the ballot before the deadline. If you've ever thought about running for anything, I don't care if it's dog catcher in your town, whatever you've got to do, run, 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 because as you've said, it forces Democrats to contest those seats, which they would not have to otherwise. Brian, if not now, when? Right, if not now, when? From a yeah, strategy not, standpoint. No, what are you waiting yeah. for? Wait for World War Three to start? Because, I mean, you know, that that's coming, so... You know, I especially mean, we have to fight. We right. Have to fight. We have to fight. We're up against the clock real quick in, in about a minute that I have left. One of the things I think you pointed out uh, about the San Francisco school board story that nobody else is talking about. And so I raised it today on Newsmax is that the it was the Asian the Asian uh, um, voting bloc is one that is being ignored by the Republican, and they're the ones who led that recall effort up in San Francisco. Exactly. They're the ones, exactly. they're the group that was discriminated against by Harvard. They're the group that's being beat on in, in the streets, and people are ignoring the black on Asian American hate crimes that are going on across this country. The Republican Party should be reaching out to these. If you look at this, um, at uh, the CRT and uh, all this racial white privilege stuff, they're saying that things like showing up to work on time is is an example of white privilege and white culture. Everything yeah. that they say is an example of white privilege and white culture is a part of the Asian American culture, right? The hard work and showing up on time and believing in a merit-based society. Yes. These are our natural natural partners in politics and we're not reaching out to them and we're not no, bringing we're them into it. the party. Yeah, in Lowell High School in San Francisco, that was really what galvanized Asian Americans to get together and and get those people out because you know, these exam schools are, you know, schools that you have to, you don't just get into because you're waltz in 
uh, but you have to apply to and get accepted to, which Lowell High School in San Francisco was was one. You know, the, the whole push was to essentially get Asian American students out. Right. And that's what the woke PC left did. And it angered Asian Americans enough to get up there and get going and remove the woke school board members. So, I mean, that, you know, that's what it takes. But I mean, we've got to get as angry as as that was in San Francisco. We've got to take that energy nationwide and run everywhere and win everything. And not just go to events and have everybody pat themselves on no. the back for how, how great everybody's doing and ignoring the yeah. real hard ego. work it's an ego thing. it's an ego boost and we we need to we need to get into the real work if we're yeah, going to well, save this country essay. i wrote an op-ed essay about this very thing and that piece got turned down by everybody bright bar of and course Daily call and and people run my op-eds all over the place right. i mean but that one was nobody wanted to read that one i said we've got to lose the egos and get to work Nobody wanted to hear that. It's not popular, man, and they don't they don't no. want to hear it because um, you know, for for all the reasons we talked about. Brian Maloney, Red Wave America, thank you for being here, my bud. Thank you. Thank you. All right, speaking of buddies, the one and only Dave Elhoff will be here on the other side of the break. I'm in a good mood even though he and I got some bad news we got to give y'all. <laughs> K show at ourfreenation.org. Just search Andrea K, spelled K A Y E. Andrea K, the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K show on the Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K show. Um, joining me now is my buddy, financial thought doctor, Dave Elhoff. But before we get into this week's uh, economic news, I got to pick his brain because he's a former military guy. I got to get his thoughts on Russia and he joins me now. Hey, Dave Elhoff. Welcome to the AK show. Hey, Kay Dynamite. How are you? Well, I'm good, my friend. Got to pick your brain on military matters. Apparently, these days, I don't know if you heard Elhoff, so think carefully before you answer. Apparently, if you don't think... Putin is the most evil, you know, dictator that's ever lived. And you're not prepared to do anything and everything that including destroying America to take this man out at this point. You're you're un-American. What are your thoughts about what's going on over there? What 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 not of what's so much going on over there, but more about the Biden administration and how they're handling it? Well, you know, from the beginning. This clown we have in the White House has positioned himself in a position of weakness. Mm -hmm. And everything he's done has fed into shutting down the pipelines, shutting down oil and gas pipelines and discovery in the U.S. when we were self-sufficient. Yeah. And then forcing everyone to go to Putin to buy their natural gas, enriched him and empowered him so that he now knows, I mean, Putin reads Biden like a joke. Oh, yeah. Well, they got TV over there. They got TV over there. They see things like yesterday when Biden's at the microphone and he's reading what in the Lord's name makes him think he can 
do this as he's trying to read. I mean, it was terrible. The man didn't know where he is. There's reports. Jen Psaki admitted in a conference that people been, I don't know if you've seen his, his, when he's sitting at a desk and stuff and it's like, is that a fake set? Where is Joe Biden? You know, um, she admitted that they took a part of the White House and they added all this imagery behind it. They did a, what's a glow up on it. Well, you know what? It doesn't help you to do a glow up on the set when the dude sitting down at the microphone has a brain that's withered away in his mush and the world leaders and the bad actors around the world are able to see this, but he's not a bad actor enough in which we need to be destroying our own economy for, for Putin. And, and not only are we weak, you have to question his motivations when everything that he did from the beginning of his presidency was not only weak from a foreign policy standpoint, but aided the economy of Russia to our detriment. And um, we now um, see today, CBS News put out a tweet, the U.S. economy has been hit with increased gas prices, inflation and supply chain issues due to, wait for it, the Ukraine crisis. Oh, it doesn't have anything to do with the Ukraine crisis. It has to do with his policies for our own country when we could be energy independent and this green crap that's going on in the world uh, that everything is going to be green it's a bunch of baloney well and we already went we and how do we know this because in the obama administration his what was the the og the original build back better plan involved shovel ready jobs and and was billions of dollars for green energy boondoggles like Solyndra that didn't go anywhere the reason why they're pushing out this story and trying to tell everybody that if you if you question why we're dedicating time and money and resources and military even if they're not on the ground in ukraine and you're not rallying behind biden here the reason why they're pushing this out is because this is going to be the excuse for the devastation we're suffering as a nation right now when he does the State of the Union address on March 1st. And there's there's enough Americans out there who don't know the basics of economics to know that by his day one removal of not just shutting down the Keystone Pipeline, not just allowing the Nord Stream to Russia pipeline, refusing to, to give permits for drilling. Um, removing the other taxation and regulation policies that Trump put in office and, and beyond, uh, the supply chain issues as a result of all these shutdowns and crackdowns everywhere have led to the inflation, and it's only going to get worse. There's a news report out now that we're going to be looking at $7 a gallon of gas. Yeah, and all he has to do is reverse everything he's done since he's come into office. <laughs> Just think about that. Reduce the regulation, start the pipeline, and all he has to do is reverse everything he said. And we don't have to put boots on the ground in Ukraine. Well, he can also, excuse me for interrupting, he can also re- reverse any anything related to any mandates anywhere and tell the governors it's time to get off the mandates as well. Because part of the issue that we've got is, um, look at the military, right? I mean, we're purging thousands and thousands of our military because they don't want to get the shots. 
right? So a lot of a lot of the and 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 the supply chain. They were initially blaming the supply chain issues on COVID, and there is some COVID didn't cause it, but the shutdowns and the lockdowns did because we didn't have a lot of truckers uh, that had come out of trucking school. We've also got crappy regulations that affect the transportation of goods and services around the country. Um, we've got mandates that are affecting the transportation in our supply chain, like Canada with their shot their shot requirements if any truck comes across into the Canadian border. So it's 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 all these liberal insane policies that are killing us economically and it's only going to get worse because if we're going to be looking at $7 a gallon of gas, that means the price for every other product is going to increase as well because how do those products show up on your shelves? Well, transportation. You, what, you don't need a degree in economics to know. I mean, people out there are hurting when they have to go to the gas pump and buy gas now. Because I'll tell you what, that is going to cause people, they got to step up, they got to call their congress, write letters, they got to say, this has got to stop. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, I, on the Navy base, I'm allowed to go on and buy gas on the Navy base. And it's ridiculous how high the price is there. Yeah, it's not Usually like... It's- Right. There used to be a time when you could go like I, I was a dependent and we could go and shop and go to a fees and, you know, commissary and stuff. And it's and it's 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 so high everywhere that even even our military, you know, aren't aren't getting much of a break there. The suffering Joe Biden's sanctions on Russia were nothing compared to the economic sanctions that he has inflicted on the United States of America from his covid mandates to his regulations on businesses um, to uh, the the uh, the energy policies that's happening, as well as what happens to and then the trade deficit, right? Because the cost of consumer goods has gone gone up because the cost of in, in, importation versus what we're exporting. So one of the things that Trump did that was so brilliant that everybody was hysterical about was the tariffs. Um, you know, to to change the trade imbalances. So these COVID shutdowns also negatively affected our ability to continue on what Trump, the foundation that Trump laid out. I can't imagine what we would be experiencing right now, Dave Elhoff, if Trump had not had that foundation of those four years, right, before yeah, COVID, exactly. before COVID came on the scene and the left seized, seized upon that as a way to transform us into their Marxist utopia. Um, everything that the, these Democrats are about, their whole culture stuff, all this white privilege and the this and the that, it's all ultimately about economics. It's about their their end game is involved, is, is an economic play. And it's about crushing the middle class, making you dependent on the government, and then they're going to dole it out. Uh, we'll, at some point, we're probably going to have to get into the Great Reset and revisit that because their whole thing coming down the road is you're not going to own any property or have any privacy and you're going to love it and you're going to have to buy everything in a cashless society using your digital pass on your phone. And, um, you know, I know that these are really scary times for people. We uh, One of the reasons why I brought Elhoff on the show was to raise awareness of economics. Usually people's eyes glaze over when they start getting into this kind of topic, but you can't bury your head in the sand. Even if you don't love economics, you can't ignore it. And if you're close to retirement age, you better be thinking about it. And even if you're in your 30s, you better be thinking about what you're going to do with your money. We got a minute. Tell everybody how to find you. And if you still are going to make it available for people to see the movie for free. Yes. uh, How you find me is you go to financialthoughtdoctor.com. 
and you can call me, 619-548-0965. You go to either one of those places, I will find you. I will send you either a blue DVD, Blu-ray DVD, or I'll send you a link to see the movie. But I tell you, folks, that even before Biden put the sanctions on America, <laughs> that's a good point, Andrea, that you made. That Sometimes I have a good one. America Go on. on sanctions before he did anything with Russia. Yeah. That's absolutely true. Taxes, regulation, risk of the stock market, depreciation of the dollar, on and on and on. It's eaten. It's a financial cancer, folks, and I can help you point out where the financial cancer is hitting you worse. 619-548-0965. we got to stop the, the sanctions against America put on us yeah. by our own government. And take your power back over your money as best as you can with the help of somebody like Elhoff who can help you figure it out. Quick question, Elhoff, before you got to go. Does your financial practice, do you, do you, does it, does it bleed over and you assist people in any way with estate planning or is that separate from what you, you focus on? No, I direct them. I'm like a, I'm like a conductor of an orchestra. <laughs> he thinks he's Tom Brady, quarterback. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you, because it is, is that an orchestra shows up. You got to make sure they're all on the same page okay. of music. And okay. you got to make sure it's coordinated, integrated, and it's all working together. So I okay. put your... CPA, your attorney, your insurance agent, your financial person, your real estate agent, all in the same room and say, what is the best thing to do for you? Okay, great. Yeah, I'm out of time. And, and it's something I've been meaning to ask you about. You longtime Andrew Keisha listeners know that it estate planning is something that, you know, I, I, I just, I don't want to say I'm obsessed about, but it's something I care about. And I always encourage people to be including also in their financial plans. Dave Elhoff, thank you for being here. All right, AK, go get him. Thank you, doll. All right, and we will go get him on the other side of this break. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Facebook at Andrea K, spelled K A Y E, and connect with her on ourfreenation.org. AK, dynamite and address, or just Andrea K, whatever you call her. Don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. For it. You know, just to go back to the Trump years, because they, you, know, you had why difficulties not? there. Well, why not? Well, why not is because that's when Ukraine became so politicized as part of an impeachment. That's exactly right. And as part of decisions and conversations, there was one call in particular, the so-called perfect call that Trump had with, you know, Zelensky, which, you know, certainly telegraphed to the Kremlin that they could do what they wanted with Ukraine, that America would not stand up. Well, I think uh, uh, Putin was undoubtedly waiting for a second Trump term, but uh, he's getting effectively almost what he would have expected then. Uh, Okay, (laughs) this is clearly on Wednesday nominee for Stink of the Week. That's Andrea Mitchell, if you didn't recognize her voice from MSNBC and Limp Broom himself, John Bolton, who Trump should have never brought into his administration, who's literally trying to act as though. Putin was going to go in and invade under Trump. He just decided to wait five years to do it and wait for the second term. 
How insane is this? And you know what? That's a Republican and a part of the establishment that we were talking about, the rhinos. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Hey, thanks for being here tonight. We'll see you tomorrow, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Peace out. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.